Good morning. Can everyone hear me? No? How about now? Better? All right. Okay. I'll get that out of the way first. I have to say this this is the largest class I've taught uh, in front of, so... Um, Good to see everybody this morning. So it's, uh, I, I guess we're all at some point or another supposed to step outside of our comfort zone. So the Lord never called us to be comfortable in, in our service to Him. So uh, I guess as you've seen, we're, we're talking about the book of Ezekiel um, this quarter. And I was supposed to teach this the past couple, I think two quarters ago. And at the beginning of the last quarter, Neil had texted David and I, or David and me, Said, okay, who wants the auditorium? Who wants the uh, multi-purpose room? And I think it took about a second and a half for me to text back saying that I preferred the uh, the uh, uh, multi-purpose room. So, and then since that was canceled last uh, semester, Neil had told me, okay, you're going to have the auditorium class this, you know, the next semester, and it, it's almost impossible to say no to Neil. So, so, okay. So the book of Ezekiel, let me see if I can work this one out. Sorry. Can you see that up there? Okay. Sorry. Huh? I don't know if I can blow it up a little bit or not. Sorry. So I guess if that's hard to see, I guess from the next time that I design the slide, I'll make the words a little bit bigger so everybody can see them. But... Um, some of the slides is kind of difficult to get a lot of the, the information on there, so I'll, I'll keep that in mind going forward. So the book of Ezekiel, uh, I just want to kind of start out with maybe a little summary, but before we get into that, uh, who, who all has studied the, the book of Ezekiel? Okay, one, two. Who all has read the book of Ezekiel? Okay. How many think Ezekiel is just that name you mention when you're reciting the Old Testament books? <laughs> yeah? Okay. All right, so the book of Ezekiel, starting out with a summary here. And I'll have the, these PowerPoint slides available. I think I can email these, or Randy and John might be able to have these available. Um, but going through, so uh, Ezekiel, just kind of going through this. So Ezekiel covers the time of the Babylonian conquest of Judah and Jerusalem. Uh, the message is for the captives of Judah that are living in Babylon. And also it takes the necessary steps taken by God to correct His disobedient people and the future hope of Israel. Uh, it's a first-hand account of what God told uh, Ezekiel to tell to the captives that were there living in Babylon. And most of the book focuses on uh, punishments or judgments of Judah and some of the other nations. Uh, and it also provides hope for the captives so that they would return to God and not lose hope entirely. And it also the last portion of Ezekiel looks forward to the uh, restoration of Israel and to the glory and blessings of the everlasting covenant God will establish with His people. So getting into the outline here, it's uh, I guess it's a good... Uh, I guess you could say three-point lesson here. Uh, the book is divided into three major parts. Uh, the first 24 chapters deals with uh, prophecies of judgment uh, on Israel. 
The, the second part, there's prophecies of judgments of the foreign nations, which is in chapters 25 through 32. And then verses or chapters 33 and following deal with the, uh, the prophecies of restoration. So looking back up this, you know, the, the first 24 chapters, uh, if, if you kind of, uh, I guess, divide that a little bit, we'll kind of go through maybe a little bit of summary of, of each step here. So Ezekiel is called as a prophet. He's living, living in, in Babylon during the captivity. He was taken away during the reign of uh, King Jehoiachin. Uh, in chapter 1, he is uh, shown a, a vision. He has a vision. At the end of the, the chapter, it says that it's the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. So he sees this vision. And then in chapters 2 and 3, he's, he gives, he's given his commission or his call uh, by God. And then also there he's commissioned as a watchman. So he is to take the message that God has given him Tell it to the people to warn them. And so uh, a watchman is one that's set up uh, that is supposed to warn the people. So if there's a castle or a town or something and you have a watchman there, whenever they see the approaching enemy, they're supposed to blow the trumpet or give the people warning of the impending danger that's coming. So this is what Ezekiel is commissioned to do. He's, He's to take God's message, give it to the people, warn them of the impending Judgment uh, that's coming. Chapters uh, 4 through 7, um, there are some symbolic acts that, that Ezekiel performs. Uh, some that will turn your stomach. Some will, that will make you say, you know, just, just kind of, wow. You know, what, what, what is he doing there? And these are uh, symbolic acts that he does in, in the midst of the people. So all of the people see him performing these things. Um, and then in chapter six through seven, we see the uh, uh, the, the preaching, I guess, uh, of Ezekiel, the impending judgment, the impending doom that's coming upon his people because of their disobedience and their worship of, of false gods. In chapters eight through eleven, we see another vision, as a temple vision. Uh, and at the end of that section, chapters eight through eleven, we see. Uh, the glory of God departing from the uh, from the temple and also from Jerusalem itself, and then chapters uh, 12 through 24, there are other symbolic acts that uh, Ezekiel performs. There are allegories, there's parables, there's uh, judgments uh, of I guess you could say God through Ezekiel having the people acknowledge or telling them what their sins are. So I guess throughout that, Ezekiel's not only prophesying of things that would come because of their disobedience, but he's also looking back at the past, showing them where they've been, their present situation, why they're in the situation that they're in, and then also what is to come. Uh, Chapters 25 through 32, is judgment on foreign nations. Uh, In chapter 25, we see... Ammon and Moab, uh, descendants of Lot, and then also Edom and Felicia. Uh, in chapters uh, 26 through 28, we see the, the prophecies of judgment upon Tyre. Uh, most of that, uh, I think, all the way through 28, the first through the first part of chapter 28, the, the judgments are against uh, Tyre. There, in the middle of the chapter, there's the judgments against Sidon, and and then. Uh, 
at the end of chapter 28, there's, there's a future blessing uh, that Israel will receive. Uh, and then chapters 29 through 32, judgments on Egypt. This is, uh, I think, the longest discourse for one of the foreign nations. But I guess, you know, looking at this, you know, God is not just the God of, uh, of the Israelites. God is the God of, of, of everyone. So um, God is aware uh, of, of what the other nations are doing. So um, we see that the judgment's uh, coming upon them. And then the last part, chapters 33 through 48, Chapters 33 through 37, 33 through 37, deal with the, uh, the, the restoration of the children of Israel. So eventually they will be corrected. God will punish them uh, while they are in Babylon and they will come back to the land of Israel. Uh, chapters 38 through 39 deal with the same thing. It's, it's the, uh, the, the defeat and the overthrow of Gog and Magog or Gog from Magog, the land of Magog. And then in chapters uh, 40 through 48, uh, we see the the vision of the new temple and then speaking of of the new worship and then the new land. So questions? No, it's a lot of information just right off. So let's see. Let's get into the next slide. All right, let let me ask some questions. So, I guess getting in and looking at Ezekiel himself. Uh, Ezekiel, like we mentioned, Ezekiel is a prophet that's living in Babylon. He's been taken away captive, uh, I think, in the, uh, there with King Jehoiachin. And then he's called uh, as prophet in, in the fifth year of the captivity. And we see that Ezekiel's name, or what does, God, or what does Ezekiel's name mean? I'll just ask the question. God strengthens, right? And I guess based on what I've said, or in your your study of the Book of Ezekiel, why why would uh, why would this be significant? God strengthens, right? They'd need a lot of strength, but Ezekiel himself would need a lot of strength as well, right? Because the message that he's given it, it's not an easy one to deliver. And I find it interesting that at the end of chapter three, God tells Ezekiel that he will be mute, not be able to speak for a certain time, and only when God wants him to speak will he open his mouth and cause him uh, to tell the message to the people. But the message is not easy. They're, they've been taken away captive. Um, you know, being, uh, I guess when the Babylonians came in, the Babylonians came in and actually and destroyed Israel, but it was uh, three waves. Uh, the first wave, I think, in 606 B.C., uh, when they took away some of the captives uh, during the reign of King Jehoiachin, which was we find in Daniel chapter 1. Uh, there's another uh, wave at the end of Jehoiachin's reign when uh, King Jehoiachin... Sorry. That's, uh, I don't know if everybody recognizes these names, but it's, it's some of the last few kings uh, of Israel. We'll get into that a little bit more during our next class. So this class is kind of an overview, kind of a summary and then the next class we'll get into some historical background and, and kind of show exactly why the children of Israel have got into the situation that they're in. So, but it, but it's a, a difficult message, and I think the last time 586 is when is when uh, all of Israel is, is destroyed, uh, and the last wave of captives are taken to to Babylon. So, 
But it's a different. It's a difficult message. So they've had to endure all of this. They're living there, and having suffered through this, do you think their morale is is pretty high? No. So it's 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 a different message. So they're they're in captivity. They're there, and then God's going to deliver this message of of you know it's it's going to get worse. So uh, Ezekiel. So. Where is Ezekiel's name mentioned? Where all is Ezekiel's name mentioned in Scripture? In all of Scripture. You know? It's only mentioned two times. And both are inside this book. Ezekiel's name is not mentioned anywhere else outside the book of Ezekiel. So it's in chapter chapter 1, verse 3, and also in chapter 24, uh, verse 24. Uh, we, we find out that uh, Ezekiel was a priest, the son of Buzai. Uh, from there in chapter uh, 1, verse 3. Uh, he was married. Chapter 24 speaks of uh, Ezekiel's wife, uh, which will, in chapter 24, 16 through 18, this, this is, uh, it's, you know, his wife is used as a symbolic uh, event. Uh, Ezekiel would be a sign to the people uh, because during, in, in chapter 24, uh, when the siege of Jerusalem begins. Ezekiel's wife dies, and and God does not allow him to uh, to mourn for the for his loss. So we know that he was married. Also, he's ported, deported to, deported together with Jehoiachin as prisoners from Jerusalem. We see that from Second Kings chapter twenty four, uh, verses twelve through sixteen. And also, uh, he was called as a prophet during the fifth year of the captivity of King Jehoiachin, and he was. 30 years old during that time. So we find from chapter 1, I think within the first three verses, uh, it says that in the 30th year, uh, this is considered to be uh, Ezekiel's age at, at the time. Uh, and what, what was significant about the age of 30 for a priest? Right, it's when they're installed as a priest, yeah, to begin their ministry. So uh, rather than being installed as a priest, he's installed as a prophet but we see that he's from the from the line of Levi from the one of uh, the descendants of, of Levi and then also I think it's kind of interesting so it's the same year um, that uh, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law in the temple there in Jerusalem so does, does ever do you remember this uh, when Josiah was uh, I think it was in the 18th year of King Josiah uh, he had sent uh, some messengers to the temple to see how the work of the, the temple was going, and then Hilkiah was there, found the book of the law, and they took it and read it before the king, uh, and he tore his clothes, and, and he went on a, a big restoration um, to, to cleanse uh, Israel of its idolatry, the high places, all of the false gods. Um, but after the death of Josiah, they, they would, Israel would slide back into uh, idolatry and bloodshed. Um, let's see, prophesied over a period of 22 years. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 4 gives us the first, uh, I guess, prophecy or vision that he had. And then again in chapter 29, uh, the, the judgments against uh, Egypt. We see that one of those visions was in the 27th year of the captivity. So 22 minus 5, 27 minus 22 is 5, right? All right. 
Uh, and then also uh, biblical scholars accept Ezekiel as the author. Uh, and then also there's there's that last part. And I know it's... Can you maybe read that bottom on the right? Can you read that for me, Tom? <laughs> so it, it's hard to see, but that that's that's a, a clip from antiqu- uh, from Josephus, Antiquities, uh, that says that uh, it talks about uh, Jeremiah not only prophesying and writing a book, but also Ezekiel. Okay? I think there may be just a little bit more. Is that... Okay. All right, so we, we have a picture. I don't know if it's... It looks a little bit in color. So it's a little bit of a timeline. Um, contemporaries. Uh, do we know who was contemporary with, with Ezekiel? We have the prophets uh, Jeremiah and then also Daniel. So while uh, Ezekiel is uh, captive in Babylon, he's preaching to the to the people that are uh, there that have been taken away captive, that are in exile. You have the prophet Jeremiah who's who's teaching and preaching the same thing in Jerusalem. So and and they're telling the people there. So it, it's kind of a I guess you could say a transition time. And so you have Jeremiah and you have uh, Ezekiel and you also have Daniel who's in the land of Babylon. And it, it's, it's kind of a transition going from uh, the children of Israel there in Israel in their land going through the deportation and the destruction and the captivity and uh, placing them there into the captivity. So it's going from being, I guess you could say, free to in captivity into bondage there in uh, Babylon. So I don't know if you can see that, but the, the top timeline there, it says 950 through 400. So these, these are uh, the dates in B.C., and that's why they're continually getting smaller as, as the time goes by or time goes to the right. And then there's that arrow right around 600 B.C. that kind of goes down. And then there, there at the bottom kind of gives you another uh, timeline. It's, it's sort of, you know, you're picking a little bit out here and then you're making it larger so you can see uh, a little bit more detail. So you can see when, when Jeremiah um, was, was prophesying, uh, it was basically in the 13th year of King Josiah, uh, and he prophesied all the way until 586 B.C. when, when the children of Israel were eventually just, just taken away captive to Babylon and the temple was destroyed. Uh, and then Daniel, he, Daniel was taken away captive during the third year of King Jehoiachin. So that was during the first captivity. Uh, and he will remain there all the way through uh, until uh, the Medes and the Persians will, will, I guess you could say, defeat, take over uh, Babylon and rule the world. And then I think through King, is it Darius or Xerxes or... Cyrus, Cyrus will, will, will start sending some of the people back uh, after the captivity is over. So the captivity will last from 606 uh, B.C. all the way through uh, 536 B.C., a period of 70 years, which, Dan, which uh, Jeremiah also prophesied about. And we see that uh, also, I think, at the end of the book of Second Chronicles, it tells you know that they would spend 70 years in captivity in Babylon. So... All right, and then also you can see Habakkuk there. Habakkuk prophesies about the Babylonians would come and and 
you know, destroy, take or you know, take Israel into captivity. Uh, I think, you know, with uh, the destruction of, of Edom, you know, God prophesying the destruction of Edom, I think we we probably could stick uh, the book of Obadiah in here somewhere. I don't know exactly where, uh, but it deals with the same uh, topic, the destruction of Edom, as does chapter 35 in, in the book of Ezekiel. All right. Now the map is a little bit bigger, I guess, better, right? Can we see this a little bit bigger? So... Uh, it says, living with the captives in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Kabar or Chibar or the Chabar Canal. Um, I don't have a pointer, but if you look, does everybody see Egypt at the bottom left, bottom left corner? And if you go over and up a little bit, you'll see Judah. That, that's really close. So this is Judah. This is the, uh, I guess you could say the northern tribe of Israel had already been taken away captive by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. And so we see Judah there, and they will eventually all be taken away captive and the city burned in 586. And you can see the travel route. So if you go from Judah straight up through Riblah, and then if you go up and then hang a right, and then you kind of start to go down, you can see Babylon there. It's about at the end of the red line. Is that visible? I can see it. If I can see it, I know you all can see it. It's my eyesight is terrible. So, all right. So in Judah, you have Jeremiah there prophesying to the people that captivity is coming. And then at the end of the red line, you have um, Ezekiel there prophesying that you know the captivity is, is inevitable. Uh, that we're going to get some more uh, people coming in that that, are, that will be exiled. And then also you have there in Babylon itself, that is where Daniel is stationed. Let's see. And then that, that do you see where it says Chabar? There at the river? Okay. I think in, in different versions, the New King James Version says that it's the, the Chabar River. Uh, and then the ESV version says it's the Chabar Canal. So it's believed to have been sort of a man-made canal connected to uh, the river there. Let's see, what else? And then there is, uh, it says, uh, the, located by the city of Nippur. Uh, so in biblical times, that city was called Kalna. Uh, that's, that's real close to where, uh, I guess you could say, that the place is Tel Aviv. Uh, that's mentioned in, in, I think, Ezekiel chapter 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. talks about, you know, the place where he's taken and he's set. Uh, or it may be chapter 3, but it's, it's Tel Aviv there. It's, it's where he's sitting by the river uh, with the captives while, while he's in Babylon. That's, that's when the vision comes to, comes to him. Okay. Let's see. So three prophets, three different locations all prophesying, talking about the same thing, or at least Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Okay, dates. How much time do we have? Is it, we've got a shower at two, right? So as long as we're done by then. <laughs> okay. All right, dates. So there, there's 13 prophecies um, related, I guess you could say, to the, the, the captivity here. 
uh, around the deportation and exile of King Jehoiachin. So he's, he's taken away captive. And then in the fifth year, that's when uh, God has called Ezekiel to begin his, his mission in, in talking to and communicating to the people his message. Uh, so you can see in, in these dates, it's, it's not just the, the year that's talked about. Ezekiel goes into the actual uh, year, month, and day. So in looking at the, the Jewish calendar, you can kind of pinpoint exactly which, which day of the year that would be. So June, July, or whatever. And then also, if you look at that calendar, when did the, uh, I guess it's a trivia question, right? When, did, when was the first month of uh, the Jewish calendar? Does everybody know? It was the month of Abib, but do you know, uh, as far as our calendar today, when that would start? Around April. April was the first month of the, of the year for the, for the Jewish calendar, so... Um, so looking at this, we have some of the visions. It says almost all the dates are in chronological order, uh, except for the, the prophecies of judgment against some of the foreign nations in chapters 25 through 32. Um, I think the prophecies against Egypt, they're, they're kind of out of sync. And I think also within one chapter, it's, it's a prophecy against Egypt where it's talking about the 12th year and also the 27th year. So they kind of go back and forth. But everything else is in sort of chronological order, uh, and, and we think that the events happened uh, outside of those chapters in that order. So, And you can see the chariot vision in chapter 1, uh, the watchman, Ezekiel called to be a watchman in chapter 3. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll let you all read down through there. So we won't go through all of them in detail, I guess, or, or mention all of them, but... But a lot of the prophecies and some of the things that, that Ezekiel said and the events that happened, uh, I think the captivity, uh, which started in chapter 24, that's, uh, I think, in the ninth year uh, of the captivity. Is it the ninth? Yep. And then also we see in the twelfth year, I think, when one actually had escaped from the destruction of Jerusalem and came and reported all the things that happened there in chapter 33. So, and then also it says uh, there was no mention of Jehoiachin's uh, release uh, from prison. So King Jehoiachin was taken away captive, and he stayed in Babylonian prison for 37 years. And then afterwards he was uh, released. He was able to eat at the, the king's table. Uh, and the book of Ezekiel never mentions anything about that. So our thinking is the book was written in its present form sometime before uh, 560 uh, B.C. Okay, And then you can find that in 2 Kings. Second uh, Kings chapter 25 and also in Jeremiah chapter 52. Alright, questions about the dates? No? Alright, purpose. Uh, so getting into the purpose here... Uh, Looking at the theme of the book of Ezekiel, if you can, turn to Ezekiel chapter 18. Uh, this is a message uh, throughout the book. You know, while, while God is, is, you know, having Ezekiel talk about these prophecies of judgment and things of that nature, he's still sticking in glimpse of hope and the, the future blessings that God will, will give Israel. And in chapter 18, we're told... 
that the soul that sins shall die, but God wants everyone, I guess you could say, but wants them to, to turn and live. So Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 20 through 23, it says, The soul who sins shall die, the son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. But if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keeps my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. Uh, Because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? And then also there at the end of the chapter, I think it's in the the last verse, in verse 32, he says, For I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, uh, says the Lord. Therefore, turn and live. So all of the... You you know, it, it, it seems like a lot of lamentations and woe and judgments and prophecies of judgment against against his children. But if you look at that, I mean, you know, God has said, always said, if you go even go back to the to the to the uh, the law of Moses that was delivered to them at Mount Horeb, you know, God has always demanded uh, obedience uh, from his people to abide in his laws and his statutes um, and his judgments. And, you know, because they had broken these things and because the sin was so great in Jerusalem, uh, God is taking them away a captive. I mean, why didn't God just destroy them initially? You know, they're being punished for the same things that the children of Israel had gone into the land of Canaan for to punish those people. But God told the children of Israel to completely annihilate them, let no one, you know, remain alive. Why? Why doesn't God do that here? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. God will still show you know the plan that Jesus would come through through uh, the the Jews, and then also I, I think I can see God's love and compassion. I think as well. Uh, you know th- this message, even though it's it's a message of gloom and doom, but but God is still saying, please, you know, turn and live. Just you know, if if you just if you stop and repent, I, I won't remember those sins anymore. Just just repent and turn and live, so that you won't die. Okay. And then uh, also in chapter 33, we see some of the same uh, language used there uh, that God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that they should turn and live. So I think that's kind of the the maybe the central idea of what God is wanting them to do. Um, words that are frequently used or phrases you can see up there, maybe. See, uh, Son of Man, um, used 93 times. So, hence, you know, Ezekiel, the name Ezekiel is only mentioned twice, but the phrase Son of Man is used around 93 times. So, who, who else used this, this phrase or this title? Huh? Jesus referred to himself, yeah, as Son of Man. Uh, not not the same, I guess you could say, meaning taken here by Ezekiel. Uh, it's more the Son of Man here used. It's more man of service called from the creation order, one to be a servant of what, you know, of, of, to deliver God's message. Uh, 
Son of man, as Jesus used it, uh, refers to Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. So, and if I, I want to read that real quick. Daniel chapter 7. And there are some similarities. You know, Ezekiel is called to be a servant. He speaks to the people in parables. He speaks to them as God's message, which Jesus also does. But, uh, you know, Ezekiel is from the creation order. If we look at Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says, I was watching in the night visions. Behold, one like the Son of Man. This is where the title, that this is where Jesus gets this title. It says, uh, Behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and language languages should serve him. His dominion is everlasting dominion, uh, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall never be destroyed. So uh, it's, it's different in that aspect. And then also we see some of the other words here. The word of the Lord came to me, the word of the Lord. Uh, we see um, they shall know that I am the Lord. There's, there's prophets, prophecy. They shall know that a prophet is among them. Uh, we, we see a lot of those repeated. Um, and then also in, in the midst, in the middle, 118 times, uh, the sword uh, which would be one of the judgments that God would bring against His people, uh, mainly through Babylon. Uh, blood, 55 times. Slain, 32 times. Idols, 39 times. And then abominations, 43 times. So if you if you kind of look through that, uh, and kind of you can kind of like sum those up and use pretty much all of those different phrases in there. You know, Ezekiel called the Son of Man. Son of Man... Uh, say to them, uh, let's see, the word of the Lord came to me, the word of the Lord, uh, He is to speak to them, to prophesy to them, to let them know of the idols, uh, that, that the false idols that they're worshiping, the abominations that they're doing, and because of that, uh, the sword will come upon them, their blood will be shed because of this, through punishment and, and uh, through these judgments. And then also there was another word, I think that's used 166 times. It's it's uh, like or likeness. Um, you know, since uh, the book of Ezekiel is, is sort of, of a prophetic book, it also contains some apocalyptic language or figurative language. So there are some, there are a lot of times where it says, um, you know, as far as you know the the. Um, the vision that Ezekiel sees in chapter one, where he's, you know, he uses all of these like and as and the likeness, the appearance of the likeness of the glory of, of the Lord. So he uses a lot of these words, trying to to describe and trying to get a message across of, of God's glory, of His uh, majestic power, His omnipotence. Omnipotence. I mean, it's just just His glory in, in general and. You know, and, and you can't really get into words something that you're trying to describe. So there's a lot of like and likeness that uh, that he uses there. All right. So, all right. Is that the that's the first bell, right? Oh, the second bell. Okay. So I guess we'll pick back up here. We'll we'll. <clears throat>
I guess, get into the, continue with the purpose, and then also hopefully get into the historical background and cover all of that during our next class. Next week we've got uh, the gospel meeting, so um, I guess Mr. Is it Odie? Okay, he'll be in, Odie. Okay, he'll be in here next week, and then we'll pick back up the following week. So that'll give you time to make other plans, right? <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.